0: Hello oh, and welcome, everyone, to today's news tonight—the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVG co-founders Steve Bowling and Ash Polson, along with our very special guest Yo Schiller, roommate from Pax East back when. Well, as Ash always says, the before times—we hung out at Pax East quite a lot. That was a lot of fun.
1: How you that been, was man? Awesome. Yeah, I've yeah. been great. Hello, humans. I'm Yo Schiller. Yeah. Come to think of it. But I guess besides my actual roommates, Bittnerd was the last person I shared a room with before the world shut down. So here we are. But it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for yeah. having me, and it, I'm honored.
0: It was you, me, and Artsy Omni, and right. uh, that was that nice. was a fun time um, hanging out together. You set a lot of that up, and I was like, Oh, thank God, because I'm terrible at <laughs> booking hotels for cons. I'm always like, Oh, I'm rooming with you. You're taking care of it. Cool. Here's my side. Of the, here's my portion of the cash. Whatever, I'm done. It was, done.
1: <laughs> I it was it. great. I felt bad that we couldn't stay at the Boston Park Plaza again, but oh. it just filled up. So I was like, the, the, the least I can do is, is manage the hotel reservation myself. But if you want to hop on, you're more than welcome. So, to it. It, it worked out. So. Yeah. so,
2: Derek, what you're saying is that, that when the world opens up again, you'll be in charge of our hotel reservations for shows. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man.
3: <laughs> that is that is uh, definitely my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, I was going to say, I, that, right. that seems... I, like a poor I, decision. I do want to point out, because I've never gotten to publicly thank this person for this, but uh, one of our former executive producers, uh, Jay Acosta, put the entire Game Explained crew up in his apartment in L.A. for E3 2019. It was incredibly oh, wow. generous, and I literally yes, never got to say anything about it before now. So uh, if you're I didn't listening... Yeah, that was Jay Acosta, our previous EP. Yeah, I, uh, I did he, not
2: realize that was Jay Acosta. Okay.
3: Yeah, nice. when he heard that we left to form GVG, he immediately jumped on the EP bandwagon, but, uh, you know, he, he wasn't able to continue his support, but he's a great friend. He, he, literally, we were sleeping, like, in rows all over his apartment. Yes. We took over the whole space, and he was super super gracious about the whole thing so uh i think i went there... home
2: every night because uh, i live here in la so it made it made enough sense and, <laughs> yeah sorry and, <laughs> when and, i know, say all of us so i little... mean like
3: yeah the the rest of everybody GX that didn't live ash. in la yeah, yeah. Uh, by
2: the way uh welcome to general Weep. another uh I, I read off a few new names i'm seeing in the chat before in the pre-show but i just saw general weep hey guys longtime fan first live listening so nice. thank you so much for joining us live man we're happy to have you here also great name
0: yeah. Uh with Tonyak actually is asking if we're gonna be attending events when we're able to. Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: Oh, at, as oh soon if I want me? to go to a convention. Yeah. Find find yes. a babysitter
0: and let Amy and I go to that. We're good.
2: We are so <laughs> excited to be able to do our first show together as a team. Uh you know, we all, we always I think somebody asked maybe yesterday in the in the chat uh if we would be doing uh, gatherings like fan gatherings when we start going to shows again. Yes, 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 with a capital Y. We did GX fan gatherings, as you know, Derek and I uh, did quite a few of them at Pax mm. and such. And we are so excited to do our first show Hell and yeah. gatherings as a as our as our new team. I'm so excited.
0: If we get, if we can get if I can get you two to come to TMG, we could almost we could I could probably get us a panel.
2: <laughs> Dude, I am in for TM, TMG whenever we're allowed to go again and travel and such. I mean, yeah. if we're all inoculated. I'm in. Yeah. You don't even have to get me to go; I will go.
0: TMG is a lot of fun, just because I, I I mainly use it as a shopping experience and hanging out with friends. <laughs> I've
2: always, it sounds like it sounds like you're you're Magfest. Then I've always wanted to go to TMG. Like that, yeah, I've I'm always so,
0: wanted to go too. I'm surprised. I, oh, I guess well, LA it makes sense. You haven't gone out there. I'm so used to other ones. Ooh. Like Kadikaris flew to a, 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 a TMG. I'm not. Sure, I, I guess Scott's based in Ohio. Now that I think about it. So if it wasn't too far a drive for him. But there's some still some long drives to get out to or traveled times to get to tmg which is kind of
2: crazy uh welcome to steve g who says howdy just joined as a producer last night welcome steve g we're happy that, to have you here
3: that is an excellent segue yes <laughs> uh so yes we as you know uh we have been mm. enjoying unprecedented support from all y'all in in over at patreon.com slash gvgaming uh i'm gonna just dispense with the with the advertisement there because i feel like i don't need it right now um but i wanted to point out a few folks uh trite hexagon tweeted at us and uh just said that they were joining us at the producer tier uh and they feared they wouldn't get a shout out because they're unable to make it because they live on the other side of the planet so i promised you i would shout you out trite hexagon thank you so much for your support all of us appreciate you no matter where you are globally whether you can make it to tnt or not uh we love you all the same uh, glad to have you aboard as a uh, producer Indeed. and That's right
2: hexagon your shout <laughs> we <out. laughs> have
3: we have had just an incredible outpouring of support the uh the folks joining it, it's almost hard to keep up with <laughs> so Good um i am, to have. i am just going to say that there are a ton of new producers at the at the $1 tier uh we're great or a ton of patrons at the $1 tier uh we are grateful for all of you we have a brand new a one hundred and fifty dollar patron, uh, Marcos Conchas. Thank you so much. I'm I don't know if that's a request a review or request a discussion. I will be talking to you in the DM soon about which of those that is. Um Michael Phone. Dude <laughs> uh, jumping up from uh, the one hundred fifty dollar tier all the way to the four hundred dollar tier. So uh, that makes Michael Phone this episode that of is TNT incredible. is brought to you by Michael Phone. Um <laughs> i apologize that i have not uh gotten some copy from you yet i do know that michael phone runs a youtube channel i will Ooh. be the first to recommend you go check that out um i i appreciate your your incredible generous Absolutely support Absolutely, check that and out. uh yeah I, I promise you the next episode of tnt will also be brought to you by michael phone with whatever message you would like us to read uh, i apologize for not getting that from you today i literally just rushed into the well, show i think it's
2: technically uh, technically only on the monday episodes anyway so that works out but i'm well, also it's, not a stickler for that so they,
3: we let our we have enough slots we have five slots available at that tier mm-hmm. and the sponsor gets to choose the day so michael phone we will ask you Best. what day you would like your message read at and uh we will we will deliver that each and every week for as long as you remain at that tier um and then you know like i said just a ton of producers uh a few eps we will list you all at the end of the episode i just wanted to Again, a very heartfelt thank you. You know this inches us closer to the goal of all of us being able to do this full time. Um, yes. Yeah. So every little bit of support helps, and and you know if you're not aware, this is a complete partnership. So everybody gets gets a a fair cut, and that is uh, something that keeps you know. Keeps the lights on here, both uh, both <laughs> literally and metaphorically, from a morale standpoint. So we appreciate all of you. Thank you, and that will
2: always be the case going forward. So you can rest assured that any of any of your graciously donated Patreon dollars, they're going to all of us. So it's never even have to worry about that. Never question it. Uh, it's all split evenly and equally. Everything we do here. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Um. All right. Uh. F- Rob, our man X is asking, what is the goal for full-time for everyone? Uh... We don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's hard to say, considering we all live in very different states.
3: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right now, uh, we were hesitant to put a number on that because obviously, you know, people change, family needs change. Uh, Right now, we just kind of are are working toward that goal, but we don't have a set like dollar amount in mind. And and I would hate to say like, Hey guys, we're only $97,000 away from our goal. That just sounds scary. So I <laughs> yeah, don't know I what know. that number is. We're It's certainly not a hundred thousand dollars a month. I just want to put no, that out there. That um, but yeah, we are, we are definitely, we, if we feel that it becomes realistic to reach it, we will have that conversation with, with you guys and amongst ourselves right now. It's just not, Fully in the cards yet, to where we should even be pushing toward that. But it does every little bit. I'm lucky I'll, a I'll fully
2: admit to being probably. I'll fully admit to being probably the biggest obstacle to that, just because I live in Los Angeles and it's one of the most expensive <laughs> cities in the country. So you know yep, that's that's, that's on that. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as you know sure <laughs> too. So, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. But but we are we are way closer to that than we ever even dared to dream we would be this soon out of the gate. Thanks to all of you. So. <laughs> Regardless of how long it takes us to get there, we're, we're getting there a lot faster than we ever thought we would.
3: Char- Charlie Bird in the chat with an important question. What's the goal for Steve to review chicken? Uh, as I mentioned, we have a request to review tier. And I am the f- I, I will be the first to admit, if you say, I want Steve to review some chicken, I will <laughs> review whatever chicken you select, my friend. Or nice. just the broad concept
2: of chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the broad concept of chicken. I love it
3: oh
0: god all right we should probably anyway some yeah news. let's actually get to probably. the actual news um and pop up the first one right off the bat all right first up returnal has a combat trailer offering up the first real look at its gameplay and i'll be honest i'm so busy with life i have not actually had a chance to watch this yet but i'm assuming uh all of you have watched it at this point what are you thinking
1: I watched it. I'm giving it a rewatch right now just to remember what I'm looking at. And yeah, it looks it looks tight. I <laughs> I don't know that uh I don't really play games like this. Uh but I am a little interested because I, I kind of like the cyber hacky element of it or I I don't know if hacky is the right word, but I I like the technological aspect of it. I like mm-hmm. the idea of having to I guess like scan something and then See what you're up against. That type it's of stuff bit, definitely fascinates me.
2: It's a bit Metroid Prime-esque, right? And I yeah. love these like giant swirling tentacle monsters we're seeing. In yeah, Metroid I was going to say
0: we're going really into Eldritch horrors in this. Yeah. Watching this trailer, I saw all those tentacles going around. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> this is almost like Gunplay. Dark Souls was my first impression. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. I not
2: actually plays like that, but like it doesn't look like anything we haven't seen before. Straight up, I mean, it looks like a 3D you Know 3D action adventure game firearms based, but it looks like a really good representation of that. And I know I've, I've I sound like a broken record, but I want to know how they're going to incorporate the dual sense into this thing. That's what that's what I'm thinking yep. about. Yep, that's and yeah, I'm excited.
3: You know what? I, I really enjoy about this. It kind of reminds me of like Metroid meets uh Gears of War, and that sounds like a weird mm-hmm. mashup, but yeah. I'm watching the more of this trailer, and there's a part where like a parasite crawls up her arm. And and just goes in, which uh, <laughs> but It just yeah, like... think of the bugs in the mummy, yeah. Uh, and it, but it oh. gives her powers; like she gets additional health when she kills something. Um, so there's there's kind of a combat. It, it seems like it has a good mix between like fast paced combat and exploration. I'm I'm more interested in this now than I was, and I already was pretty interested as Ash reminded me. There, you know, it's it's got a female protagonist who's kind of up there in years too, which is just such a such a rare thing in in video games especially action games you so... never see that yeah yeah I mean, she, she
2: literally looks like she could be in her 50s like late 50s too and i just like that that's you know you see that there's you know less ageism where, where older men are concerned that's just across media in general but especially video games and that's that was one of the first things i noticed about this game is the fact that our protagonist here is, is an older woman and i just think that's really cool
3: yeah, I'm, I'm deeply interested in this. I, I hope we'll be able to check it out before it comes out. But if not, I'll probably still pick it up and and do something with it. Because yeah. it, it definitely looks like it's at least worth uh, taking a closer look at. I see yeah.
2: myself getting this for sure.
3: I
0: I definitely would be interested in picking this one up. Just because uh just after watching that trailer, uh, it didn't have any music or anything like that. But the atmosphere is yeah. really intriguing. That That planet looks like the The planet from the original Alien, you know, you're not on that for very very long, but the architecture and the way that it's sort of laid out, it's like, um, confining. And again, yep. you have those Eldritch horrors, tentacles everywhere, blasting away. This is like a weird combination between Alien and something I don't even know. Something I I can't even really say. Um, but it all looks fast and fun and. I don't know. I'm kind of sold on it. I'm I'm definitely yeah. at least at the very least intrigued. So yeah. Um it looks I mean,
1: polished. Yeah. Like I it mean, looks uh, solid it
0: out March nineteenth, so I'll need that. Also, uh I just saw in the description, I did not realize this. It's a roguelike.
2: Oh wow. Oh, I did not really? realize that. Really? I would not have guessed that was a roguelike just from looking at it. That does not... Okay, well, that that definitely changes my hype just a little bit because I'm not usually into roguelites, but, I mean, the fact that they are roguelikes, but the fact that, like, I couldn't tell that it was one from the trailer still means I'm pretty excited about this.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I guess the idea of it being a roguelike just kind of helps with the replayability factor of it. It's like, oh, you mm-hmm. might never get the same planet twice or something of that nature. Um, but I guess, like, overall, though, I think Ash is right. Because it doesn't look like a roguelike, I'd be a bit more interested in it because I don't really care for, I'm sorry, hot take. I don't really care for roguelikes that much either. With that said, I do appreciate them. And as I already stated, this game does look polished. So maybe the roguelike element helps it more than I'm giving it credit for.
0: Hard to say, uh, because we don't have a, a idea of how uh, the roguelike elements work. If I had to guess just based on the setting and how it's all looking and everything else, um, it feels like, I never seen it myself, and I always wanted to because it looked. Uh, I, all my friends have said it's amazing. That Tom Cruise movie, um, they.
2: I oh, I day after, oh, what's it called? Day after it
0: had it had the uh, tagline li, tagline live diver. Diver Pete, where yeah. he was constantly uh, dying. Edge of tomorrow. Thank you, Jerry. Oh, tomorrow, yeah.
2: Okay. I was like, day after tomorrow. It can't be that. Yeah, edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Nice.
0: I, I've I've always wanted to see that. I've I've heard it's really good. That, oh, that, it is. You, movie is basically a you know (laughs) a roguelike where tom cruise is just learning (laughs) how to handle that day better so if it's you know something like that you know what i'm still intrigued plus you know i might be a little um more open to roguelikes likes after playing hades so why Mm. not (laughs)
3: Yeah. Oh, Michael
2: I... Phone in the chat with Groundhog Day. That's also kind of a roguelike ish movie and also a, just a brilliant film in general. Oh I mean, Groundhog yeah. Day is great. Bill Murray, man. I mean. The,
3: before we yeah. close this topic out, the one thing I want to say is I'm not sure how the roguelike like, does this game have a theme about dying and coming back repeatedly? Or or what's the it what's might, the hook could... that makes a roguelike make sense for this?
0: Well, here's the thing that I'm looking at here. You see the um they have at the very end of the trailer the box art where they have her in her uh space suit and tons of helmets behind her. And if you look closely, uh, there kind of seems to be skulls in there. Oh, so this woman is definitely dying and coming back to life. Okay, that's yeah, fair. and I
2: mean, and, and the name too, Returnal, just suggests that she's eternally I, returning to the fight, I guess, uh, right? I agree, it seems a lot more obvious, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, I agree it's just I feel like they haven't done a good job at explaining the roguelike elements cuz none of us really picked up on it from no. the trailer. And I've mm-hmm. seen the other trailers and I didn't pick up on it there. Um but maybe that's a good thing cuz maybe they'll capture, you know, they'll cast a wider net that way cuz it looks like a great game. So I'm I'm all in to try it. That's all I got for this one though. <laughs> there, there's a comment in the chat in the um on the trailer uh that we see here. Ridley Scott
0: presents Mass Effect directed by Guillermo del Toro. And you know what? That mm-hmm. kind of yeah, wraps it up.
2: <laughs> We've uh we got a few comments here in the chat talking about how uh, Edge of Tomorrow is based on a manga, and I did not know that. So thank you yeah. for dropping that knowledge on us, chat. Didn't hmm. know that.
0: Either. Apparently, it's called based on a Japanese novel. All you need is kill.
3: Huh.
2: Hmm. <laughs> right. And Dust Mirage makes a good point, and I remember this too. Pretty sure the revealed trailer had narration from her about how she keeps dying <sighs> and being You're returned right. to crash oh, yeah. I do remember that now. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought it was okay. more now I am more familiar with this game. I do remember that trailer now. Okay. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it,
0: got it, got it. Got it. Okay. Oh, it's oh gosh. And it's you'll you'll like this. Bj Bovia, uh, Steve. Uh it's by Takeshi Obada from Death of
3: Death Note. Nice. Death oh. Note gets gets a little stupid in the in the latter half. I, I mean, heard there's
0: that. a certain event that happens and it's like mm.
3: Yeah, but I will say that I mean it's still has vj <laughs> bovie agreeing it's a lot of stupid yeah um we could go on for <laughs> hours about my problems with the second half of death note it, it starts off as one of the strongest openings in manga history in my opinion and then just like has its jumping the shark moment and gets really dumb after that mm-hmm.
0: i will say i still think the manga has the best ending because of just the how far a, a certain character falls and it's just like i yeah. i revel in it <laughs> um but anyway let's go ahead and move on to our uh next topic and uh this is a weird one uh sakurai in one of his i think it's one of his famitsu articles Mm -hmm. yep he uh said he was deeply moved by the cyberpunk 2077 refunds and considers it a dream game now i've not read this article myself but um...
2: I think the context there is that he it's a dream game uh, based on this game rant article, the likes of which require an extreme amount of ambition and planning in order to bring it to life, which, to be fair, is true, regardless yeah. of how it turned out. That is very true in Cyberpunk's case.
1: Yeah, this game has been in development for what, like seven, eight years. Is that, yeah, I don't think it's an exaggeration. Yeah. To say Yeah, that. More than that, actually. I, yeah I, I feel bad. Because it seems like a lot of the people who worked on this game like actually did care and want to work on it. And it I don't know if they got I don't I don't have all the details. I don't know if they got like shifted around and say, okay, now you gotta make a PS5 version or okay, now you gotta do it by this deadline and you weren't ready for that. But it seems like the people who made this do know how to make a game and just kind of one or two parts fell through and they weren't ready for it. And I guess from Sakurai's perspective, a guy who makes such ambitious games all the time his perspective is going to be very different than I can ever even consider. And the idea of spending six, seven years on one game and it becomes a, a PR and social disaster, that's got to be every developer's worst nightmare. And so I guess his right. point is the idea that you have to refund people now, like, yeah, that's the morally right thing to do, but I would feel so bad for all the people that worked on the game. Like, I just right. don't know what to do at that point. So yeah. I, I agree I'm not, that they should like, refund people. Yeah. Let me just make that clear. I just I don't know what to say to the company
3: though. Are Are you guys ready e- for the saddest take you'll ever hear on this story? Because oh, no. I have yes. this long held belief about Sakurai that this is a perfect vehicle okay. for. Um, oh no, Sakurai is the best creator in all of games that is not allowed to exercise his creative freedom.
2: <laughs>
3: he is yes. a you know, slave I have exactly, to Smash Bros.
2: Right. No, I I think that's very true. Yeah.
3: I I think he looks at a game like this and he thinks, man, why can I not do something of this scale? Like, why am I not allowed to? Why is nobody paying me to do something of this scale? Because honestly, like the man by this point should have written himself a Hideo Kojima-sized blank (laughs) check in this industry. And I mean, he has never failed. He has never failed at making... A great game and he's taken this series you know from a very humble beginning to being one of the most celebrated fr- franchises in nintendo's history and it started on the n64 of all places a doomed console <laughs> like, uh, and, and, and i just really feel over, even
1: outside of smash brothers there's even things like kid icarus uprising where you can tell he was super ambitious about the game he wanted to make but he was he was limited by the hardware for what yeah. it is it's still an incredibly impressive game, but you're right. Like it, it's very evident that he had so many more ideas for it, but he just had he eventually had to turn out a product and the end yeah. result was still fantastic, but he could have made he could have given it 110% if he was allowed to. So, I totally I, agree with what you're saying.
3: I honestly wonder mm-hmm. at this point and one of the things that again, we don't deserve suck, right? But one of the things is he never like openly is is negative about the things he's worked on like a lot of japanese producers are um never never talks speaks ill of of the process of making these like kojima used to say like i'm done with metal gear solid i'm done with metal gear solid i'm done like after every single one and he'd make another one um you know sakurai doesn't do that ever and i feel like the poor guy has earned like nintendo just being like hey whatever you want go do it like just you know figure out what kind of game you want to make. And here's all the money and the time you need because we're Nintendo and we can afford to do this. I would love to see him completely unchained. Me too. So
0: fantasy thinker fan says he has his own company. He can do what he wants. He just keeps wanting to work on smash. It seems there's a truth mm-hmm. to that, but I think he's also kind of a, he's a people pleaser. He is all about mm-hmm. giving the fans what they want. Fans love Smash, and he wanted to do he he wants to do that for them.
2: Well, not only uh, that, but I but I remember uh, there was a little anecdote about him, you know, Iwata asking him to make Smash Ultimate the best, the most definitive, the best you know game that it could be in terms of bringing all these different worlds together. And yeah, you know, we know that Sakurai and Iwata were best friends, so he has, I believe, gone on record saying that you know he sees that as his final directive from Iwata to you know to make as many people as happy. Uh, as make as many people happy as possible with smash ultimate and that, that is his exactly current it. goal yeah mm-hmm. yeah he he's
1: gone okay so i don't know if he still owns his company i'm i'm assuming that person's referring to Sora limited i i know they worked on kiddaker's uprising and the game sold more than a million units but i don't know if that was enough to sustain the company i i thought it got absorbed back into nintendo or something like that
0: uh, but i'll look that up
1: it's not as if sakurai doesn't want to work on smash brothers but I'm pretty sure he's joked in the past saying, I'd love to work on something else. He just right. keeps getting roped back into Super Smash Brothers. So I'm sure whenever Ultimate is done, he'll do something similar where he'll pitch an idea, he'll develop it into a game, and it might turn out to be another Nintendo IP like Kid Uprising. But I'm sure he has plenty of ideas that he wants to develop. He just, he's the Smash guy. And, T- yeah, to, and to be if we're gonna fair, Smash Brothers, I had software. to.
3: I had to look this up, but Sora is not a development house. It's got two employees, Sakurai and one other person. Uh, <laughs> and they really just serve as an intermediary for, for contracting with other, with, with other larger companies. So Sakurai, you know, realistically can't just walk away and, and do his own thing without the blessing or support of a much larger company. Like two people right. aren't going to make a cyberpunk, you know? Um, right, and so right. if, if, Sakurai indeed wanted to do something on that scale, he would need, Sora would need, the the support of a huge corporation and honestly, who's going to do that? Well, I think at this point, pretty much anybody would hire <laughs> Masahiro Sakurai to make that's a game. A Namco, Namco, right. Right. Oh. He ha- yeah, He has his own sort of fan base. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, the oh microphone, the other employee is his wife. That makes sense. Oh,
2: that right. sense. A yeah, literal mom that's that's and pop favorite outfit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just saying, I mean, I, I feel like it's it's just sad to me that he, he doesn't, you know, just get to be as explorative with his creativity as, as some other creators who have, honestly, in my opinion, not done nearly as good work as he has.
2: It, it, it is funny. What... It is funny to see his take here on the refund situation with Cyberpunk because he says he was deeply moved by that kind of sincerity and... I think maybe, I mean, you know, I'm sure he doesn't know the full context necessarily, you know, behind this. or Maybe he does, but I don't know if it was really sincerity on CDPR's <laughs> part, as, as much as it was their hand being forced or their silver hand being forced, might I might I say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the sincerity aspect is, is kind of an interesting take for me to, uh, with Sakurai. And I would be curious to, you know, and this is nothing he would talk about publicly, I'm sure. Uh, But I I would be curious to see or hear what his thoughts are on the whole, you know, transphobic, uh, unfortunately, transphobic aspect of cyberpunk. And I I know know the culture surrounding that is different in Japan. I know exactly. (laughs) The culture surrounding that is completely different in Japan, unfortunately. Um, And I'm not surprised he doesn't even bring it up.
3: I was about to say, I I don't know that I'd want to hear that. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of a never meet your heroes type of
2: situation. You're right. Totally right. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah, we'll see what comes of it, but, I mean, it's it's a weird thing to look at it firsthand, but when you look at it from that perspective of, like, just impressed with what the developers were able to accomplish working on a game for that long, yeah, it makes sense. It does, yeah, yeah,
3: that's the other the, the other thing. Derek, you make an excellent point. Like, there is a huge difference between appreciating a game as a product and appreciating it as somebody who understands how to make a game. Yes. And, and I just mean, like, wow, so I don't want to take
0: his credit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, no, at I, I, I that. think that that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, but yeah, it, it is like a huge difference. I, I don't know how to make a game, but I understand some very basic things about making software and I can, I can look at things and be like, wow, I can't imagine the amount of man hours that went into to creating just simple in-game systems. But right. yeah, I, I, I could see that, you know, divorcing it from the actual like performance, just thinking of the complexity of the design. I'm
2: right. kind of for... glad, though, that like we do, you know, we do the work that we do because yeah, even though I've, you know, well, I've produced a couple of games and such, but you know, I'm obviously not a game developer, but covering games the way we do and having played them for as long as we have and, and you know, getting into the guts of them, I'm glad that I can play a game and appreciate the incredible amount of work that goes into even like the simplest game. I'm glad that I don't just look at it as a consumer and be like, hey, I'm enjoying this and I don't really want to think about how it was made. I like thinking about how games are made as I'm playing through them. And I love respecting the craft that goes into it.
0: Yeah, true. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. All right, so everybody who was uh, jealous of (laughs) Universal (laughs) Super Nintendo World opening soon on February 4th, Fear not, COVID strikes again and it has been postponed. Uh, due to the ongoing uh epidemic, which uh, boy, could not have seen this one coming. Like um,
2: surprised by this, yeah.
1: yeah. It's like, man, I wish I could be there at the Super Nintendo World launch. It's like, well, you can, we'll just delay
3: it five more months. And it's
1: like, no, it's not what I meant. So, right, I feel it, it's sad, but it, it's it's safe it's better this way but it it does i'm
3: i'm all for safety i'm all for you know every these happening in a way that that protects people um i feel bad because like japan just got hit with like covid v2 you know and went into went into another (laughs) lockdown and it's like they had to i i agree that you know as an armchair spectator this probably is like oh yeah i saw that coming but uh you know Japan and other countries have done a way better job at mitigating this crap than we yeah. have. And so yeah. I if imagine was for them... New
0: Zealand, that would be no issue. <laughs> yeah, know.
3: exactly. So it's it's just uh, it's sad because, you know, covid mutated and, and now there's there's another thing that people have to deal with. And, and, you know, people start feeling safe again. They start going outside and it spreads some more um so it's it's just uh an unfortunate situation for everybody i feel bad for the people whose livelihoods are probably impacted by this you know those super nintendo world needed people (laughs) to work there uh so who who knows how those folks are affected and uh you know it, it as as a selfish like nintendo loving person that also wants to go to japan yeah. All right. Cool. Like I got a chance. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I I feel really bad for the people in Japan that were looking forward to this that could have gone. Um, right. I feel bad for me the people too. that were going to work here. I feel bad for all the delicious looking Mario food that's going to go uneaten. Nintendo, <laughs> if you'd like to send me a review copy of <laughs> Super Nintendo World Mario Snacks, come on, you got to have some. Yeah, that yeah. You're, you're going to get, get just rid of make anyway. it. Making for food at all times.
2: <laughs> I gotta say though, I like, mean, I know people They can do
1: it. They can I do gotta it
2: say so though. Fun. I kind of feel like this launch date was was grossly miscalculated to begin with. Like okay, I yeah. remember when they first announced it, I'm like, there is no way this park is going to open on that date. It, I mean, it just and that was like several months ago, and it just yeah, Japan has done a better job dealing with the pandemic, but that was before any any talk of, of vaccines rolling out had even started. Yeah, and I was just you know I was like that just seems really aggressive for a launch for a for an opening date, and here we are. So it it is a shame, uh, but I do think maybe uh, some some better consideration could have been, or caution could have been exercised when setting that launch date initially.
0: Yeah. And according to this uh, Bloomberg article, um, it's, uh, you know, it's located in Osaka and that has become one of the nation's worst affected cities. So Mm. they're kind of in the hotspot of the re outbreak. So,
2: I don't think I realized I, that Osaka was one of the worst uh, affected areas, which is too bad because I uh, I once visited a video game bar there called Space Station, I believe, and it was a really cool place, locally owned, mom-and-pop type place, and I imagine it's um, obviously not open right now. I hope it survived. Um, but, yeah, I didn't know Osaka was one of the worst affected areas. That's a shame.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, I I, I feel bad because, you know, Nintendo spent so much time and so much money and so much effort trying to build this park and i remember they were trying to get it to get it done before the 2020 olympics well i guess they technically did uh but and then they, they get it all done and then you realize oh the last place people should be in the middle of a pandemic is an amusement park waiting in lines to go on rides that are gonna contain germs and little children hands all over them and everything and it
0: all that the disney it,
1: it, it's sad <laughs> it's it, it bums me out i'm i'm sure park will open one day in a much safe environment but i can't help but feel bad for the people that worked on the park and bad for the all the pr people that tried to get the park ready and they did that super nintendo world the de- was probably super excited and then it's just like all right well we'll do it all again in four months wrap it up we'll talk to you guys then and it's just mm. circumstances beyond their control that's the thing that hurts is that there's nothing you could do so, yeah, you just got to play and, it safer now.
0: As Rob Armanek says, Mario's 35th anniversary was meant to be way bigger. Yeah, between that Mario Direct, likely 3D World, supposed to be coming out last year, and Nintendo World, they had some good big yeah.
2: things planned, and then we got nothing. And as well, Rob Arman X also says, Swooper branded chicken legs for Steve. Hell yeah. And then Charlie Bird above, Mario Chicken and Ling's Duke, Super Chicken. Steve, man, you and I are both food foodies, chicken foodies obviously. I think yeah. you and I need to figure something out and do some sort of food thing I'm together, man. Because I love food like you do. So we gotta, I'm telling you, man. We like, figure G-
3: GVG will, at some point in 2021, <laughs> review chicken.
2: I, I mean, it is it, it is, it is just <laughs> one letter, letter away. Food, food vibes gaming. I mean, we are yeah. literally one continent away from that <laughs> food
0: vibes, which is just the tryptophan kicking in after you eat, eat that. Exactly, feed. That's true. Me, giving me some
3: strong food right, uh, vibes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it will happen. It has to happen. Yes. I, so to share with our audience, no joke. Um, I, as you know, if you're going to tweet about letting me review chicken, I'm giving you that retweet. Uh and Matt McMussels, our previous guest, jumped in my DMs after my last chicken retweet, and we had like a 15 minute conversation about the best kind of chicken. Oh my <laughs> and, god, uh, he, I has, love he it. has convinced me that at Nobu uh they have this chicken called Gidori, which he calls the uh Kobe beef of chicken. Mm, and he nice. described he he literally told me how he has like dreams about this meal still. <laughs> so uh at some point, Ash. 'Cause I know there's no boo in LA. Yes, there uh, is. I am I'm gonna in. make that drive out to you when it is safe to do so, and we are Let's gonna go cameras in hand and and go try this uh try this Let's chicken. Maybe we'll have to it's get it. It's in Matt Malibu, Mc...
2: it's a beautiful restaurant.
3: Yeah. Well that's the one he had it at. So nice. we might we might have to get Matt McMuscles to come down to, to enjoy that with <laughs> us to explain to us the virtue of this chicken as we enjoy it.
2: Speaking of Matt, really quickly, um, he very graciously gave all of us codes for a beat 'em up he helped work on yes. called the Ta- uh, the Takeover mm-hmm. uh, when he was all on right, the show, and I actually tried it with my wife last night, and right. it's it's really it is a Streets of Rage alike. It is it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. Obviously the uh, there's there's less of a budget in it, and you can tell, but. It's just fun, and you can tell yep. that, that they know exactly what makes Streets of Rage what it is. And so, I just want to uh, I'd like to get a video of it up on the channel, like maybe like a little, like you know, preview of it, just like a first look at it. But, uh, if those of you looking for a beat 'em up on Switch, it's well, been out time, for
0: a while, so it's more like, hey, yeah, exactly, to check
2: it out. But, yeah. yeah, anybody else who wants to out there who wants to play like a Streets of Rage esque beat 'em up, uh, especially on Switch, really cool. Take, it's, takeover yeah. is, is pretty darn good, yeah, yeah yeah
0: i i got the code as well i've not had time to play it i've not had time to play scott pilgrim i've been focused on uh persona five strikers so of course (laughs)
2: makes sense yeah
1: rightfully so like you do yeah
0: all right well let's go ahead and move on to the next topic and this is the big one this is one. Yeah, as soon as this yeah. happened all of a sudden yo shiller's in my dms like yo yeah. so do you have anybody who planned for yeah. uh friday yet? yeah
1: so, so uh, literally I'm really
0: into this because we got a new pokemon snap trailer yeah new new pokemon snap trailer the newest yeah so literally
1: ever. uh Bitnerd was tweeting out like hey you know thanks for helping get our channel to fifty thousand subscribers and i'm like hey congrats man that's awesome And then Bittner, it's like, oh, we got to help you on the show sometime. And I said, oh, you know, name the time and place and I'll do it. And then new Pokemon Snap news comes out the following day. I said, hey, Bittner, is that offer still open? Because uh, (laughs) Pokemon Snap means so much to me. The story would be perfect for me. So I'm glad it worked out. Thank you.
0: Yeah, It was just like, oh, well, that's just, you know, the universe saying make it happen.
3: (laughs) Right, yeah, I am sure. watching this trailer as we're live. So our audience is watching this trailer. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> man, I, I have not taken a close look at this. This is gorgeous. This is exactly Looking what really I nice. wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for this. And I love the fact that we're now on a console that actually has the ability to save screenshots. So it's just like, oh, these. Yeah. Are, these right. are, this thing is yeah. going to be a viral it's sensation. Go- it's going to be all over Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I,
1: unfortunately, I, we can't go to blockbuster anymore and get the pictures printed I out. I never did that back in the day and I'm, I guess I'm never going to be able to at this point, but the digital uh, age is still fine. Posting pictures to Twitter hey, you is know, a good substitute.
3: You know what though? You can get your your pictures off on your phone now on the with the new Switch update and then right. use like a photo printer. You you want to know a pro tip? Pro tip for all of you aspiring Pokemon photographers, you can email photos to a FedEx uh to a FedEx center from your phone, just email them directly over there. And then when you show up, like you can just punch in a code on one of their machines and it'll spit photos out. So you can kind of approximate the blockbuster hey, experience uh, it's without people. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I will try that when when we have this game available to try it with.
2: I am going to say something a little controversial here, I think. Uh, think? I I, I, ser- I played the original Pokemon Snap, Quite a bit, and I enjoyed it, but it didn't change my life the way it seems to have changed the lives of so many Pokemon fans. Because I mean, it, the the deafening roar of hype when new Pokemon Snap was announced is, was just incredible, oh. but it was kind of lost on me. Like I'm like these are it's a cool game, but no, I, I am
3: know. I am actually right there with you. I oh, okay. like the game. I'm excited for this new game, but mm-hmm. it's definitely not like a defining game of the N64 era for me. Um, I actually right. really, really liked uh, "Hey You, Pikachu." That was like my favorite N sixty four Pokemon game. I l- hold on, I picked it up in Japanese, <laughs> where it's called Pikachu Genki Dachu, and I was taking Japanese in college at the time, so I used that game to practice. I've never played okay. the English version. Oh, that's actually a good idea because I am learning Japanese <laughs> yeah. now too. Yeah. Okay. yeah, pick up Pikachu Genki Dachu if you have the ability to. It's a great, like, very early beginner tool because it's meant for little kids. And you know, I mean, I I wasn't much smarter than a Japanese little kid when I was 18 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I,
0: I think uh, a reason, a, a big reason, people have so many fond memories of Pokemon Snap is one, you could easily beat it in an afternoon, and I think a lot of kids just kept replaying the game just to go mm-hmm. through that uh, aspect again. Um, then uh, the other reason is. If, I'm, if I remember correctly, this is the first time we got most of these Pokemon in 3D for the first time, and to yep, see them yep. interacting with the world, doing yep. their own thing, feeling like you're actually in the world of Pokemon, that has a big effect on kids. Like this, is right. like I remember at the time, kids talking about it all over. Like ah, yeah, you got that jerk Professor Oak not liking this thing, even how it lined up and. <laughs> Uh, all set there. So, it, you know, it's one of those things just built into kids of that era. And it is a big question for new Pokemon Snap whether this still works.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because po- actually I just looked it up. Pokemon Stadium came out uh, a few months before Pokemon Snap. So Stadium was technically so. the first so chance people...
0: We haven't seen them do things. But- yeah, you in their habitats. natural
2: environment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think... Uh, there's definitely some appeal there in the con- like in the t- context of back in the day. But now we also have like 1,500 more Pokemon than we did back then <laughs> that we haven't seen. There's, only, there's habits, only 63
1: so. in the original. There's over 200 <laughs> right. in new Pokemon Snap uh, so go. far. Yeah, uh, But if I may provide a quick anecdote, uh, and I want to preface this. This is not a sob story. This is just how it was back in the day. Uh, I was born with a hernia, so I had to get surgery done. And after that happened, I had to spend a few days at home. I was in like first grade or kindergarten or preschool or something and so as a kid i would spend a lot of my days playing video games while i was at home and i was not a bright kid okay i didn't know how to ground pound in mario 64 so i didn't know how to get (laughs) like half the stars in the game and i I was stuck and i would often spend a lot of my time uh swapping between games because when i got stuck with one i would just put in a different game that i could beat and that included pokemon snap and comparatively to something like super mario 64 pokemon snap it's easy to say it's a very linear game, but it's a very straightforward game. It's very easy to understand. And I feel like a kid who's four or five years old, who might just start playing video games, will have a better grasp on Pokemon snap than most other video games. And that was the appealing thing to me. And because mm-hmm. I played it all the time, Bittner's right. I can speed run that game. Now I can beat it in 30 minutes or nice. 35 minutes. So I have that attachment to it. Like I, I love it so much. I've got it burned into my mind. And so the idea that there was never a sequel on so many game systems that could have benefited from it. Like, the, the 3DS had gyro. It seemed like it would have been perfect for right. the 3DS, but they didn't do it. Even the Wii had motion controls, and they didn't want to do it. Gamepad on the Wii U right. was perfect. Yeah. And they, the, the excuse they always gave was, we don't really have any ideas for a new Pokemon Snap game. And it's just like, why? And the, the crazy thing is, they knew there was appeal for it, because people would go around and do surveys at E3 and ask, if you could have a sequel to any game in any franchise, what would it be? And Pokemon Snap always scored highly on the list. And so I think there's a charm to the idea that the Pokemon company is actually just doing something that fans want. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just an appeal to wanting something for a decade, two decades, and finally getting it, and it's good. Like, it'd be easy to just be like, all right, here's a quick e shop game five bucks ten Pokemon in the game whatever but no this is a high budget game with Namco making some pretty polishing decisions and I'm looking forward to it for that exact reason it doesn't have to be super long I would like for it to be but if it's at least a couple hours I, I, I will be content so that's why I'm excited for it I have that attachment to the original game but I also acknowledge it's not a game that I have to invest a lot of time in and memorize you know attack patterns and RPG strategies and grind for bosses and whatever it's just a game where I take pictures
2: and mm-hmm. I'm okay
1: with that. I know right. exactly what I'm getting.
2: No, you know, that's, that's what what a great anecdote. I'm glad you I'm glad you yeah. shared that because that's a really good, a really uh, offers some very good context as to why you'd be really hyped for this.
0: Yeah. I am going to miss it, having so. Professor Oak there judging, <laughs> just having his voice clips. That, yeah. that was a lot of the charm, but we got the, what, Professor Muir now, which apparently is based on like the Mirror Bush in New Zealand. So,
2: okay. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> The thing I will say is that I just and I've mentioned this before. I really cannot stand Nintendo's new naming. Oh, scheme, that's stupid. Schema. It's so stupid. Just not be normal and just Pokemon Snap 2 or or I don't know Pokemon Snap, it's Pokemon Snap Islands, Islands or something because my they're name. going island hopping. Snap, I uh that always bothered me. You know, I, I, other... I'm still worried that we're going to get the new Nintendo Switch and that's going to be the Switch Pro. Oh, that's not my other gripe right with this.
1: It, this is a nitpick this is just me personally complaining it doesn't really change my opinion of the game the original game tied into the anime and the oh. pokemon mm-hmm. and pokemon snap uh said their names they didn't do generic cries unless it was something like monstrous like charizard um and the, todd snap from the original pokemon snap appeared in the show and it doesn't seem like this game's going to tie into the anime at all and i kind of missed that marketing aspect of it i thought that was always kind of fun it does seem like it's definitely its own thing, and maybe that's why it's called New Pokemon Snap instead of Pokemon Snap Two. It's like, oh, it's not a direct sequel. It's it's its own thing that happens to be in the Pokemon Snap gameplay style. Right. But I do, I, I'm curious if they're if the Pokemon are gonna say their names, like if the in like in the anime, or if it's gonna be generic creature noises like bird noises and bear noises or whatever. I'm that's my curiosity
0: to remember because this is developed by Bandai Namco. Yeah, um... the other one
1: was by Hal Laboratory.
0: Right. And uh, Bandai Namco also did Pokémon tournament. I, it's been a while since I played Pokémon. Did they say their names in that
1: or was it generic sounds? Oh. Well, cuz I play Weavile and Weavile just kind of shouts. Uh, I'm uh, trying to remember. I think it's generic I, because sounds. a lot of Pokémon in that game and, uh, Yeah, a fighter. lot of the Pokémon in that game just happen to shout because it's based on their Japanese cries. Nothing oh, nothing yeah. is localized technically. Uh, but for that reason, I think that is how Weavile sounds in the show, though. I think Weavile in Japanese is like ah versus in English it's like huh. So I don't, <laughs> I don't I don't actually know if the Pokemon say their names or not. I gotta play Pokemon a little more to remember. Yeah, I'm I don't. Sure. I I'm,
0: I like to have them calling call names because those crossovers as a kid were always a lot of fun. So oh, more of that is nice. But
2: asran one two seven in the chat. What if the new character is Todd's descendant, perhaps his toddler? Uh, <laughs> uh, I respect uh, the One hundred man. Yeah, uh, it'd be yeah. cool. I, I don't see them making too
1: many ties with the original Pokemon Snap. Uh, no. Besides, yeah. maybe like maybe there'll be a Kinglerock and that's your one, one reference, reference to the original Pokemon Snap. Or maybe maybe you have to knock a Weefin Bell into a body of water again and then it evolves into Victory Bell. Like there might be small references, but I don't see them mentioning Pestro or Todd Snap. Or maybe you'll have Pester Balls, but I, I more so see them incorporating different items.
0: I mean, we know that apples are back and I would laugh my butt off if we're allowed to kind of abuse the Pokemon again where you have to knock uh, Charmander into a pool of uh, of lava in order for him to evolve or was it Charmeleon? (laughs) Um, Just all the ways you You make
1: Magmar and Charmeleon fight over the apple or something and Magmar lights Charmander on fire. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, those moments where you're sort of abusing the Pokemon like, ah, oh, hit an electrode so it explodes so that way you can get this thing. Like, it was sort of interesting figuring out what you need to do with these Pokemon in order to open up more levels. I do hope that carries
2: over. So so what you're saying, Derek is you you hope that abusing Pokemon to make them do things you want them to do and their natural habitat is carried over. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I, I think you'll be okay. Okay, because even in the trailer, there's like a hair across and a pincer
1: beating the snot out of each other. So that I think there will be some cool. sort of animal violence in this game, if that's what you're wow. looking Which for.
0: Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I yeah. love that little moment of um, uh, Torchic setting fire to the apple you send out before it eats it. Like, that's uh-huh. a, cute, that's, that's cute. a cute touch. That's cute. So. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on to our next topic. By the way, it is coming out on April 30th, so not long to wait. I don't think we even mentioned that, but that's super cool. All right, next topic. So, Capcom has announced the Resident Evil Showcase live event taking place on January 1st at 2 p.m. Pacific, where we're going to get... I think it's going to be about 15 minutes long, and we're going to get a bunch of new details uh, about the game. Uh, It's going to include a new trailer, first-ever gameplay, and lots more Resident Evil news. And I don't even care if these two show up. I'm reacting to this because I love, <laughs> love, loved Resident Evil 7. I, I, I am
2: hurt. hurt. Of course I'm showing up. But the fact of that you course. don't care whether or not I do, that hurts, man. Ouch. Uh, I,
0: it's just the way it is because I am <laughs> I, I I'm so excited because I, I had so much fun playing Resident Evil 7 for right. uh, the stream and seeing people's re- uh, reactions and just getting that feel to it. It was Really cool uncovering all the mysteries and, uh, you know, having, what is it? Ethan back again. Uh, and that gameplay is like, I want to see how they expand upon it and what they do with it. Plus um fun fact uh, the host of this, the, the one that's guiding this tour, uh, Brittany uh, Brombacher, blonde nerd. I've technically known her for quite a while. Uh, oh, as I was part of the, uh, the IGN used to have this whole blogging channel uh thing they would do back in the old days around the time of Casmasina and Boson. Um And I was on there with everybody, with a lot of other bloggers and sort of interacting because I was sort of like a weird uh forum, but it was essentially treated like a blog and she ha- got her start there. I got my start there. We talked a little bit and hung out at that first PAX East where I met Uh, Mike S.F. of, you know, when Game Explain was starting out. So, uh, (laughs) like, we actually were together to, we joined Greg Miller because he had set up this thing where we all could try out, a lot of the bloggers could try out, I think it was Mafia 2, uh, had a preview event and then give our opinions and, like, have a little write-up from the bloggers. They could say, like, IGN has that whole whole thing. So it's been really cool to see her... uh, expand and uh, blow up like she has like it's nice to hear find uh so much success because she's really good at it but Resident Evil 8 also looks really sick
3: you know I have one one key takeaway from this though uh and I have the trailer looping on the screen um but I have to say I am I'm concerned by how horny the internet seems to be for what appears to be a dead woman from this trailer. <laughs> like <laughs> I have seen uh, so there at the end of the trailer there's like a woman in a dress with a big hat and right. I have already seen fan art I didn't want to see. Really. And oh, I saw no. I saw people tweeting that they just want to kiss her. I'm like, "Bro, she looks like she's decaying in the mouth. Like that is not yeah. a mouth I'd want on my mouth." There everything about voice. this woman yeah. like her eyes yeah. are black for fuck's sake. <laughs> like there is Go see a doctor. <laughs> go see a doctor if you want to sleep with her, and she should you go know, see a doctor. She looks like she has a very serious vitamin deficiency. I, I,
0: I'm I'm reminded of um the one uh meme from What's New Scooby Doo where the gang's all looking horrified as the camera pans across, and it gets to Fred, and he's just looking happy, and it's like that's my kink. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think that's what kind of happened here. It was like a swath of the internet all of a sudden is like. Oh, I'm into that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Steve, I'm with you, man. I, I see the, I've seen the trailer a few times, and, and the woman you're talking about, I don't get that at all. But you know what? this is the internet, and uh, I am reminded of when I was making one of our thumbs about a month ago, I very foolishly uh, it was for the first part of the uh, 2020 look back discussion. And I very foolishly googled uh, Isabel Doomguy. And that. oh
3: uh, oh that. no um no yeah
2: it, the, the thumb turned out fine thankfully but i but it was not without the some mental oh you poor boy oh man that was supposed to be a humble meme that was supposed to be like a joyous time right it's true. supposed to be wholesome and, yeah <laughs> uh, it's, it's the internet so it has been made unwholesome and don't google, <laughs> don't google that please um but you know what it's the internet there is a kink out there for everything and Mm. uh yeah okay so resident evil 8 dead woman cool
3: all right (laughs) i have to there's a piece of breaking news Ooh. Oh, uh, so i i don't know I, I i apologize in advance this is one of our producers upgrading to an ep or the executive producer tier and it gives me the real name i i'm not familiar with this name that i'm seeing so i'm going to use what appears to be a, a pseudonym just for safety's sake uh demon kid zaraki uh upgraded from ten dollars all the way to 25 uh joining the ep squad as rob rman x has dubbed it in the chat thank you so much for your generosity thank you we appreciate
2: so you. much your man. support thank
3: you that is always a treat I'm adding it to the dock
0: right now so we nice. have that uh set so that's really cool so thank you so much that is awesome real quick while I look in uh look into this um you, you didn't really talk too much about uh your thoughts on um on uh resident evil uh seven or eight uh is that something you're into or you're not into it's, scary it's, games
1: oh I, I, I might not seem like i'm into scary games but resident evil in particular i have a soft spot for uh, i don't mm-hmm. own any of them but it's that's what i call a let's players game like i love watching people play those games yeah so i remember in particular uh when i was editing for the completionist he was doing his top 10 games of when did when did uh resident evil 7 come out 2016. So it must've been top 10 games of 2016. And I remember I was just scrubbing through gameplay footage and he's doing a part in the game where you have to enter a a numerical code into a door or something. And you're dealing with the, with the son of the family. I don't know anyone's name. Oh,
2: yeah, And and
1: he's like, Oh, the the password is a 1968. No, 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 no. 2005. No, no, no. 1412. (laughs) Uh, It's one of those. And then I'm just looking at this gameplay file and Gerard enters the, enters in a number and he looks to the right and nothing happens. And he looks to the left. And the log just impales him and just envisioning his reaction in my mind, looking at that gameplay, I was cracking up and I had to see like what the rest of this game was. And I actually really appreciate Resident Evil for reasons like that. Just seeing sure. people squirm and get uncomfortable. And I know it sounds weird to say, but it's it's the perfect type of game to do that. And I've tried things like I've tried the VR experience and I, I thought it was cool. Uh, at 2016, uh Capcom's booth was the house from Resident Evil 7. Right, right. And I thought that yep. was awesome. I didn't actually play Resident Evil 7 while I was there, but I really appreciated the booth. And there's other things where I like people I liked watching people play uh Resident Evil 2 remake. I actually thought that was really cool, and Resident Evil 3 remake. I know people were a little iffy on that them. one, but I thought it I lo- I loved watching people play it. So although I'm not super familiar with like Every single character in the Resident Evil universe. Like I know who Chris Redfield is. I know who Leon Kennedy is. I respect the games a lot, and although it's not a game I'm probably going to buy because I don't have a PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 5, uh, I will watch people stream it. So if you guys are going to stream sure. it, I will. I will tune no, in I and probably, I will laugh hysterically.
0: I probably will. If not, oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah. I'll very, at the very least probably review be the one to review it if
2: I yeah miss. I'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> I know I know yeah and you and I Steve recently played the Resident Evil 2 remake for game club and had somewhat divergent opinions on it. I enjoyed it. I think uh, you not quite as much I, I, um
3: I, I can't I can't suspend disbelief to the amount required by Resident sure. Evil 2 remake
2: uh i, I i'm kind of like you I'm I'm very w- i that. think i enjoy it more than you Yo Schiller. like i've always respected mm-hmm. the series for a distance and i have played some resident evil games uh, mainly the ones without giant spiders in them and i'm hoping sure. that eight <laughs> doesn't have giant spiders as well because i want to play it and i i've enjoyed following <laughs> this series this really goofy just cheesy soap opera story from a distance right and right. while i'm saying this i do want to take a chance to co-sign on blake quint's decidedly unpopular opinion here uh and then they say for as much as resident evil 6 gets flack I found it strangely entertaining. I did too. Oh, yeah. I, I did too. Yet. Yeah. You know what? It's more action-y. It's obviously not what people want out of the franchise in terms of like survival horror. And I get that. But I actually, I like it enough. Like it's, yeah. So eh, just wanted to say you have a fellow RE6 appreciator in me, Blake.
0: Yeah. Should be fun to react to. I'm, I'm excited for that one.
2: I'm excited. Yeah. We will be doing a reaction stream, everyone, just so you're aware. Uh, we will be reacting for sure. Yep. Indeed.
0: Next up is something that uh, Steve's going to be excited for.
2: Hell yes.
0: So, Warner Brothers has finally, finally showed some screenshots of the (laughs) Mortal Kombat movie that's coming out. Yeah. And I... (laughs) I gotta love the fact that Steve Hardy, Harvey started trending after them because apparently uh-huh. Jax looked a lot like Steve Harvey. I, yeah.
1: yeah, I saw that. I was like, why is Mortal Kombat t- trending with Steve Harvey of all things? That's, something's wrong. Is he? A, is Steve Harvey a guest character in Mortal Kombat? And then I had to look and I was like, oh, okay, fine. has but- a <laughs> yeah. fellow Steve. Out of context, that was the best.
3: As as a fellow Steve, I feel bad for Steve Harvey because I could only imagine if somebody was tweeting about me and they're like, "Oh man, that looks like Steve Bowling if he were like hot and jacked."
2: I would, I would, be, I would be so deflated. But he does. He does. He does. Yeah. I, I'm so excited about this. My wife is a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, and I really like Mortal Kombat as well. I just love. Oh. The goofy universe i love that all these years later in 2021 they're still spelling things with a k that are not supposed to be spelled with a k i love that they go <laughs> yeah. all in on that just goofy charm and you know the the original mortal kombat movie is still one of the better video game movies out there for sure mm. and i'm excited for this straight up i will my wife and i are probably going to watch this as soon as it drops on hbo max
0: so yeah. I'm, I'm actually reading the uh uh, entertainment weekly article on this and it actually does say like it focuses on uh the fight between or the f- feud between Scorpion and Sub-Zero as it apparently start- begins uh, the 10 the 10 minute opening sequence kicks off in feudal Japan long before these fighters wielded supernatural abilities and it ends in a pretty nasty hand-to-hand combat between Scorpion and Sub-Zero um, so and it's a first time filmmaker uh, uh, doing this doing this movie but um, I don't know. I, they're definitely going for that uh, harder edge uh, fighting and whatnot. But I got to say, I'm intrigued. I, I, I think I'm kind of feeling this one. Same. I'm there First with you. First
1: time filmmaker, there's pros and cons to that. There because is. on the one hand, um, right. if it's a new person, he might. this might actually be someone who maybe respects the video game market a little more and probably knows a bit more about what it takes to make a video game into a movie. So there's promise mm-hmm. there. On the other hand, if he's never made a film before, there's nothing really to base his works off of and that's a little shaky like you're going to do something as high budget as Mortal Kombat and that's going to be your first film. Okay, but yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to remain optimistic, you know, after the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I think right. any any film really has a chance. And Mortal Kombat in particular, I would love to see it go over the top and be crazy kind of like Deadpool style, but I'll give it a chance regardless. I don't I know Mortal Kombat because I'll watch it at Evo, but I can't really name all the characters like I can in something like right. Street Fighter. But sure. I, I, it, it, this holds more promise than I would have given it credit for. Maybe a month or two ago,
2: right? I'm and, in here. And for those who aren't aware, it has long since been been confirmed that it's going to have a hard R rating. There's going to be I mean, blood, guts, I, fatalities. I, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there are fatalities in this yeah. movie.
0: They said there are some crazy. We picked a couple of iconic ones, and
2: uh, oh man, you some know screws, what that means? Easter
0: eggs, all, all there uh and you know the the, some people asking like oh did they not have their powers
3: no that's a flashback this is before they
0: had their powers and
3: then they you know scorpion
0: needs to sell his soul and
3: (laughs) i think i hope that they go for like deeper cuts than just like the ones people remember from like mortal kombat one and two right like when they say iconic i I picture okay sub-zero is gonna rip someone's head off you know scorpion's gonna light someone on fire i want Mm -hmm. like the one where like I, I don't even know if Cabal's in the movie, but I want the one where like Cabal grabs their head and like runs at super speed, dragging their face on the ground. Oh man! <laughs> oh uh, yeah. I, I think or, one of the uh, my oh, favorite. Ahead. Hold on, I, I got. I'm, yeah, I'm a please. huge Mortal Kombat dork, but <laughs> I, my favorite one, the one I want to see the most because it's the corniest, is like Quan Chi ripping someone's leg off and then beating them to oh, death with yes! their leg. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh huh.
2: There's so many good ones they could go with. Um... Hopefully they don't pull too heavily from the more recent games only because it, it's I mean, I think it's hilarious how violent I mean ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't are.
0: think they can get away with noob Bot's, um yeah uh make a wish.
2: Oh Probably man, that would be so funny. Although I will say I hope I hope maybe they'll do Johnny Cage's Oscar one where he like <gasps> Yeah I think he just rips off their head and then plants the Oscar in their like neck uh, cavity. I, don't think that I have is... a
0: feeling these <laughs> heroes are gonna be doing the if fatality. They're
1: gonna, if they're gonna do a Johnny Probably Cage not. one I think it's Johnny Cage's. It might be Joker's, but I thought Johnny Cage has one in the most recent Mortal Kombat game where he like flips a coin and then shoots a gun at it and the bullet reflects off the coin. And like oh no, the, that, the is, in the eye that is Aaron like that.
3: Black.
2: Aaron Black, okay. the cowboy guy. Yeah, okay. they, The one All of right. my... <laughs>
3: What
1: All things? right. Well, it was someone in Mortal Kombat. I apologize. I, I know this one. Won't that's make that's it. the one that I always
2: was laughing at every
1: time I saw it. Even
3: <laughs> I, I know this one won't make it into into the movie for obvious reasons. But my favorite Mortal Kombat 11 fatality is the RoboCop one. Uh, he like fires a grenade at your face. It hits you in the face, but doesn't explode. <laughs> flips over your head. Then he shoots you through the crotch to hit the grenade, and it blows. you <laughs> <laughs> I, it's like i love it <laughs> the most <laughs> mortal combat much. thing ever that's too much <laughs> i would
2: not though like like hats off to the to the developers at NetherRealm. realm i like and and there have been articles about like ptsd like symptoms experienced by these poor developers i would not want to be one of these people who have to like meticulously research all the yeah innumerable different ways the human body can be destroyed it's like that just seems like a horrible thing to have to do um the coolest thing they or one of the coolest things i think they could do in this movie and i they probably won't but they should tap the immortals to do a remix of techno syndrome mm. the oh that comment. would be oh. so cool like that is still oh, one of the sure. coolest video game movie themes ever made and i want you know even if it's not a remix relevant of song, they really should yeah just bring the immortals back to do something new or whatever but that would be so cool right i i
3: i have to i love this comment from a uh, break room arcade or brandon as you all know him in the chat uh so will this just be one movie because these characters are going to mega die oh yeah <laughs> they are. yeah like yeah. i mean but it's mortal Kombat. people could <laughs> die and come back and are zombies in some games like you could right. you could explain it away with that all, old.
0: yeah all you need to do is introduce quan chi in the sequel and you're set
3: yep Exactly, so. Quan, Quan Chi shows up. People just start coming back to life. Shinnok, you could do that too. I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm Busy looking with... forward to this. And I, putting all the absurdity of Mortal Kombat and its, its admittedly hilarious fatalities aside, um, this art, like the, the stills that they've shown, look dope. They look really good. Yeah. Um, the only yeah.
0: one I'm not sold on is Kano.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed on that. But the Sub-Zero one, man, I mm-hmm. really, really like the Sub-Zero art, where it looks like mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was making an ice weapon, but I guess he could also be freezing scorpion spear. I think it's an ice weapon, though. But it looks yeah. remarkably like
2: a spear.
0: Um, so apparently, um, we're, it's going to be a, a focusing on a brand new character named Cole Young. um,
2: what? Like a down and out MMA fighter, right? He's kind of down on his luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could you imagine?
3: Yeah. <laughs> like you you bail out of UFC and they're like hey why don't you go to this one where you know like if you lose you actually die <laughs> right i'd yeah. be like you know what i'll just stick to getting my ass kicked in a in a hectic or an octagon I'm, i'd much rather yeah. live through the experience
2: that's definitely a uh, it, it's a risk to to anchor the story around a new original character that isn't a fan favorite from the from the, from the games but i don't think that's necessarily a death knell either i think if they do it right that could be an interesting perspective, as long as they give enough screen time to all the characters that, of course, fans are here to see, yeah. right? I love um, Rob Fizzy Arm- Wiggoit says, oh, go ahead.
3: Oh, I was going to say, Rob r X in the chat encapsulates my feelings perfectly. I don't want to join Mortal Kombat if I'm already down on my luck. <laughs> <That's a good
0: laughs> like...
2: point. Um Fizzy Wiggoit says, so thanks for turning me off of Mortal Kombat forever. I, I hope we didn't actually do that. I, I assume you're talking about the RoboCop. Uh, fatality we described but
3: uh,
0: yeah that's, that's if you don't like that you're not mortal combat's not
2: for you yes. yeah that is
3: that is by mortal Kombat standards a very tame fatality
2: right and also uh, a little ways back in the chat i just want to say welcome to rcaz 920 who says i finally made it live late but i am here thank you for joining us live and we hope to see yeah, you here too. for more live shows
0: yeah absolutely all right well let's go ahead and move on to our uh technically final topic of the night, but we got—we want to give we lip yeah. service to one other after that. Um, pop it up here. So there's an NBA Jam documentary in the works based on Ray and Ally's book of the same name, NBA Jam. And that's pretty cool. Um, it, it's, you know, NBA Jam was everywhere back in the day. And I don't really know much about it. I didn't really, I played it a little bit, but it wasn't one of those things that I always checked out I uh, so i did not even realize there was a uh, even a book about it but it's cool to see start seeing these gaming documentaries coming out more because we, we talked earlier about the tetris documentary or tetris movie that's gonna be made it's not a documentary it's sort of a recreation of the events around tetris but still that idea um i, th- I think that's really cool um let's see uh so it's being directed by Emmy-nominated Sean Menard, who has several sports documentaries to his credit, including the claimed "The Carter Effect," now about a now-retired NBA superstar Vince Carter. And he is going to develop and direct it. Uh, the book itself was released in October 2019, and ex- is built on the extensive research and dozens of original interviews with developers, journalists, fans, and NBA players. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. Um, I
2: mean, NBA Jam was hugely influential back in the day, right? God, yeah. You know, as soon as I, you know, I'm just brought instantly back to my childhood whenever I think of, you know, or hear like, boom, shakalaka, he's on fire. Like, that's just, you you heard that at arcades everywhere back in the day. And, and of course, I played the Super Nintendo version to death. And, you know, that was, it was so 90s, right? Because you could play, like, Bill Clinton. And, you know, like, you could play, like, some, that, yeah, well, you totally could. Like, it had the yep. weird, it had, like, cool codes, like, big head mode. And it One was the- very, very much a 90s game.
3: Yeah, one of the versions had I believe, or maybe it was fake. I don't know. Maybe this was this game's Shang Long moment, but I I remember hearing that Raiden was playable from Mortal Kombat in one of maybe in one of them. I don't yeah. remember it, but I wouldn't surprise me. The uh, and and I'm I'm totally right there with you, Ash. So uh, a couple E3s back, um, a game called Mutant Football League was being promoted, oh, yeah. and it was a spiritual mm-hmm. successor to I want to say like Mutant League Football, like it, whichever one it was. It was a spiritual successor by the same people, and they had hired the NBA Jam announcer to do Ooh. announcements for this Mutant Football League. And so I got to meet him in person, oh,
0: cool and
3: uh, we, I interviewed him uh, about the game at the time. It was a great interview, and I am very much not the person who will like, ask for uh, uh, an autograph or, or fanboy out very much during these because I'm trying to retain a veneer of professionalism. But as we were leaving, you know, he was saying like, hey, thanks for talking to me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I and I had to I was walking away and I paused and I was like, hey, uh, could you say he's on fire? <laughs> and he did it. He's like, <laughs> he's on fire. And I just I was I was filled with so much joy just hearing him do it. And he <laughs> sounded exactly the same. And it was so worth sacrificing just a shred of my dignity for it. <laughs>
0: That's cool. I, I, I have it. The nerves of I, I hate feeling like I'm bothering somebody and asking right. for that sort of thing. But when Ash and I went to that Persona 5 Royal event, uh, I think it was last year, mm-hmm. um, We, you know, there was that whole party thing and we got to play a bunch of the game and uh, a lot of the actors were there, including uh, Erica Lindbeck. And at yeah. the time, Amy was streaming her own playthrough of Persona 5 and Futaba had become one of her favorite characters. So um, it worked out because Amy happened to be streaming at the time. So I nervously went up to her, asked her, like, it's like, hey, could I record you saying like a hello message to my girlfriend? She's, you know, into it uh, and all that. And she did it as Hutaba. I got the recording and wow. I sent it over to Amy right away. So she like, made sure I could get in contact with her. Like I jumped into her Twitch chat through my phone so I could contact her. was like, hey, you need to play this during your stream right now. And I forget which, which number it is, but she played it on stream and it was funny to see her chat go crazy for that. I love um, that. A little fun thing that she did. So that was That's nice. That's
1: cool. And I'm, so I'm like, actually that. glad you did that, Steve, because it's better to have done it than wish you would have, I guess. Exactly. I, I oh, understand yeah. being bothersome, but I, I, I'm glad that it worked out. Oh yeah. So I, mean, I have a, Oh, go ahead. Oh, go
3: ahead. No, no, um, go ahead. Steve. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've, I've since learned that if, if it, doesn't seem like it would be a bother and the opportunity presents itself i'll I'll try you know but there are there are times where it's wholly inappropriate but that wasn't one of them and Mm. i I was so glad like i had my best friend with me too at the time and we both like freaked out when he did it i just went (laughs) my only regret is that i didn't take my phone out first and and record it because damn it was such a moment but it'd uh, be great to have like
2: as a text message sound right yeah Yeah. (laughs) is it the shoes Um... I have a quick anecdote about NBA Jam. I don't know if I'll ever get to tell it again because NBA Jam doesn't come up that often in the news. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I've met, maybe I've mentioned this in a podcast or something for GX. But I uh, am a two-time Blockbuster video game store champion. Back in the 90s, Blockbuster Video had these uh, video wow. game store championships. Yeah. Nice. Right? So I, the first year I won was with Donkey Kong Country. And the second year I won was with uh, Sonic 3. And for one of those, I don't remember which I did well enough that I got to go to the finals at Knott's Berry farm and the wow. first game, right? Yeah, this is cool, but it, 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 it gets less cool pretty soon. So um, <laughs> I, I went to Knott's Berry farm and the first finals game was NBA jam. And I'm not good at sports games, but I still, you know, I practice, I knew it was going to be NBA jam. So I practiced just to give myself the best chance I could. Unfortunately, I played with a specific button setup. I think I, I changed my buttons to like Y being shoot and B being jump. I don't know. But Uh, so, you know, I get there for the finals, I get set up and I start changing my buttons and a proctor comes by and he's like this old dude, probably in his seventies, probably never seen a video game in his life. And he's like, you can't enter cheat codes. That's going to disqualify you son. And I'm like, but I'm not entering a cheat code. I'm just changing my buttons. And they're like, no, no cheat codes. You have to, you have to play with only the, 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 default settings, turn off the cheat codes. So he made me play with the default button setup, and I got worked. I didn't have a chance. I got, I got absolutely worked over. I didn't have a chance. Uh, so I have a love-hate relationship with my memories of NBA Jam. Fantastic game. It's a classic. Hunted down I somebody was, else
0: is like somebody convinced this guy <laughs>
2: right. I was <laughs> robbed. I, now to be fair, I'm not saying I definitely would have won, but I would have had a chance, and right. I was so robbed.
3: <laughs> I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad vibes, but if that guy was 74, <laughs> I mean. That's <laughs> oof. I'm sorry
0: for yikes. laughing, but yikes. yikes.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, anyway,
0: uh similar story, I don't want to go too long on this one, but I think I've told it before too. But there was a comp there's a local mall competition coming up for uh Super Mario Brothers. That was what the advertisement said. And I think it was like a speed run. It was a father-son thing. So I remember spending a week with my dad learning how to get through the first to level lo- through level one one as fast as possible. Just figuring it out, and him getting really good, me getting really good, um, just getting through that, so we could, you know, do this whole tournament uh, that was set up. So the day arrives, and uh, we we were at the the, the 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 competition, sit down to play, and it turns out that they meant Super Mario Brothers in the generic sense because it is actually a Super Mario World tournament, and I didn't have an SNES, so. I was able to do okay, but my dad was screwed, and <laughs> we lost bad. So didn't win that tournament. That's the only that real sucks. tournament I've ever, ever ever entered in my life. But yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I'll wrap. I'll wrap this whole thing around. There bring, you go. Bring, I'll bring us back to NBA, Jim. Nice. Uh, so when Nintendo was holding the Nintendo World Championships qualifiers back in 2015,
2: mm-hmm. uh, they
1: had you play NES or Ultimate NES Remix. where you had to play Mario One. Oh right, uh, mm-hmm. Mario Three, Doctor Mario, and. I did not win at the Los Angeles location. Uh, But the guy who was next to me in line at the time did get the highest score. And if I'm not mistaken, he was wearing a Tetris shirt, and he said he was the guy who edited or produced the Tetris documentary. So I don't have a cool story of me winning any of these events, except at that event Nintendo did take a picture of me and posted on Twitter, so there was that. But I don't have any sort of other bragging right about these competitions other than I was next (laughs) to the guy in line at the Tetris that created the Tetris documentary. And that that's brings awesome. us back to the NBA jam documentary, which I will only think is a good idea. And I will only support it, especially if the guy in charge of it did other sports documentaries. I actually think that's kind of funnier that way. <laughs> so.
0: I, I, I saw a fantasy thinker fan say that his, the other movie he did, it was really good. So seems nice. like it's in okay. good hands. Cool. Um, but yeah, that technically clears up all the, all the, uh, the news. Um, and I, you know, before we head off and uh, have Yoshiller so, say we could find, find him at, we actually have an example. Because uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, we talked about this earlier, which is why we were going to cover it at first. Pikmin 3 Deluxe has officially become the series' best-selling retail game in Japan. So it's reached that idea. But, Yoshiller, if I'm going to pass it over to you, this was your story.
1: So, for sure. So I write on GoNintendo.com, and I'm not the guy in charge of the website I actually don't even write probably 50% of the articles on the website anymore. But one of the articles I did have the honor to write was about Pikmin 3 Deluxe Sales. And I've done I've done both of them. I did the announcement that the sales were not doing great in the UK. And now I have the luxury to be able to do the announcement that the game's actually doing really well in Japan, though. And that just makes me happy that I get to write a news article about a game that I really appreciate and that it's good news because there's always bad there's news there's a lot of bad news yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh right. i'm glad pikmin 3 deluxe is doing well i want it to do well because the original pikmin 3 was awesome and i'm glad that it's having a second chance and that people are buying it and realizing oh snap this is a good game and i'm hoping it tells nintendo like do more pikmin stuff mario and zelda will always take that but do more pikmin stuff so yeah we'll see but that that's there's basically that. all there is to say about it i'm glad it's doing well and i'm glad that the numbers are still going up
0: yeah pretty much For echoed
2: sure. yeah yep. same man
1: sure. all Right.
0: Yeah. With that, we've officially covered all the major headlines from today's news. Going to went a little long, but that happens sometimes. <laughs> but Yo Shiller, obviously you write for Go Nintendo, but where else can we find you at?
1: Hi. So in addition to writing for Go Nintendo, I do my own YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash yo shiller. You might also see my name pop up on other people's videos because I also edit for Arlo and Source Gaming. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, yeah, and
0: man. and as you mentioned, you popped up in a photo. You're a very easy person to, fo- to spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I usually, I usually wear this hat at events, but it's a little harder to go to events when the world shut down. So instead, yeah. I've been editing for a bunch of people instead, and I have an icon of myself with the hat. So it's the next best thing at the moment.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Nice.
2: <laughs> well, I know I speak for all of us when I say thank you for joining us today, man. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you right. welcome thank back for anytime. Me on. Yeah, we'd love It that. was an honor and it was fun to
1: talk about Pokemon. Any Anytime you want to talk about Pokemon, I'm game. So thank you very <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> awesome. awesome.
0: But uh, yeah, before we actually sign off, we do have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier. Really, uh, all the patrons in general because holy crap, that's been blowing up and that's been in, uh, utterly incredible. But thank you once again to the, uh, all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. Uh, it is and honored that you guys think so highly of us and make, and you know, want to support us. But of course, in addition, a massive, massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include, and boy, do I have a mouthful today? (laughs) Because uh, how many is it? 65 names in this? Because dear God, Rob, our man, X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Adam O'Sullivan, floating Mew. Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kieran Phillips, Benny Yao, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. (laughs) Geller, Shiny Turkey, Titus Malvolio, Jake Pelka, Michael Phone, Mitchell Herring, Game Explain, Charles Zazz, Andrew Medeiros, Jonathan Belmare, Kitty Kong Facts, Patrick Harrison, Scott Barber, Evernight Studio, Rocks the Cat, Loyal Dingo, Azran127, Phantom23, Sean Garrett, Shadow the Cat, Guillaume Monet, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Orm M, Top Dog 23100, West Egg, Master Lynx, I've lost track of where our new ones are at, so I know we're getting to them somewhere soon here, but Sean Davis, uh, Deaneth, Coda, Lucky Wonderfish, Brandon Bovia, Octopuppet, Charlie Bird, Matthew Wong, and here's where our new one started. I, I now I remember. So, our new patrons since that last uh, last time Ashish Joshi, Matthew McCaw, Eric Flapjack, Ashley, I actually might have said those before. Either way, Jackson Jordan, Sky Blue Flames, Young Ben Kenobi, Hyrule Hermit, Goron Amber, Joshua Rhodes, Hugo J8A, Seth Walker, Dway, MacAlau, Ken Roulet 09, Hubi, Marcos Conscious, Wolf X Blake, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons. And finally, our newest one that just happened today, Demon Kid Zaraki. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. guys.
2: Wow, you guys. you kill is. me with these. <laughs> the support that you all are showing us has just been so humbling. Thank you yes. so much. We're, we're so lucky. Uh, we are so, That's so, observant. so lucky. And uh, thank you so much.
0: First name is... Oh, his first name is Ma- My- Oh, Michael McCall. It's written down as Matthew. Sorry about that.
2: Oh, I think it's because we
0: had a Matthew Wong earlier. So Michael McCall, we'll fix that for the uh, actual uh, graphics going up. Sorry about that. Yes. Thank you for uh, clarifying. And that's the other thing. is there another way you'd like yourself to be referred to or actually get your name right, <laughs> let us know on Patreon. Just message us. So thank you for that, Michael. And remember that you, too, can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night, good vibes. Bye, everybody. Good night, everybody.